0: Thank you, Pat. Thank you all for wonderful worship leadership this morning. Uh, this morning we launch a new sermon series, Let's Celebrate Jesus. I think there are some things that we need to learn about celebrating. And uh, there are two texts for this morning's message. We're going to read the Isaiah text a little later uh, in my message, but for now, in, uh, in just a moment, we're going to read from Romans, the 13th chapter. I invite us to uh, take a moment, take a breath, and just center and focus and bow for a time of meditation, for a time of being in God's presence, and then I'll lead us in a, in a family prayer. Lord, this season is rich with music, food, family and friendship, beautiful decorations and lights and candles. And yet your world is broken, scarred and marred and bloody and discouraging. We pray that you'll give us the eyes of Jesus to see the world of hurt around us. We pray for those in our congregation who are struggling, those in our community who are struggling. We pray, dear God, for those uh, who are serving far away in the mission field or military service especially during this season, that you'll protect them and bless them and their families. We ask God that you forgive us for our sins and and grow us to be more of what you've called us to be and less of what we've been, that we will grow to be the people in Christ you've called us to be. And during this first Sunday of Advent, we pray that you'll teach us some things about living faithfully, about bearing witness consistently, about celebrating appropriately and deeply. Be honored, God, with all that we offer you in words and in thoughts and prayers. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm going to read now from uh, Romans, the 13th chapter, uh, beginning in verse 11 through the end of the chapter, Romans 13. If you're able, stand, please, as I share God's word. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. May God add His blessing to the reading and hearing and the heeding of His Holy Word. You may be seated. I would like uh, this morning and during the Sundays of Advent to be your coach and to coach you and to coach us myself included, on how to be better celebrators of the Advent season, to celebrate in such a way that our experience is richer and deeper, and our witness is more robust and more attractive and more contagious. That's that's my goal with this sermon series. Um, A long time ago, I heard a very wise preacher say there's a difference between partying and celebrating. He said the world parties to forget. Christians celebrate to remember. And that's a big distinction. And I want you to remember that this morning. And I want you to remember that during the course of this sermon series that the world parties to forget. Followers of Jesus celebrate in order to remember. Uh, You read what Paul wrote about the uh, putting aside the clothing of drunkenness and debauchery and licentiousness, destructive relationships, addictive behavior, uh, those things that do not honor God. And he's saying there's a way to party, but there's a better way to celebrate, to put on Jesus Christ, to put on the sunlight of Jesus and to begin life new. So how do we celebrate Jesus in such a way that the world will notice? I'm just going to share with you two things this morning. And the first thing is this, keep Christ at the center. Keep Christ at the center. Now, we say we do that. We try to do that. But I'm not sure that we always do that very effectively, to keep Christ at the center of the Advent season, to keep Christ at the center of our Christmas celebration. Now, I want to hasten to add that keeping Christ at the center involves more than complaining that the world does not do that. You following me? Just complaining that the world doesn't celebrate Jesus is not the same as you and I positively celebrating Jesus and keeping him at the center. Uh, Every year about this time, the blogs start showing up and the Facebook posts and the letters to the editor and the features on TV and radio about how they've taken Christ out of Christmas, whoever they are, about how we used to be able to have Christmas programs at public schools and sing about Jesus, and now we have to call them winter uh, concerts, and how the store clerks can't say Merry Christmas, they have to say Happy Holidays. By the way, the word holiday is a blend of Holy Day, so saying Happy Holiday is not so bad because it means Happy Holy Day for Christians. Uh, and we complain about how the courthouses used to have nativity scenes on the lawn and, and uh, now they can't do that. But I guess I have a different take on that whole subject and I may be in the minority this morning and hopefully I'll survive through the second service and then I can go home. <laughs> but here's my take on that. Where in scripture does it say that it's Walmart's job or Macy's job to announce our faith? Where in Scripture does it say that it's the public school's job to teach our good news of Jesus Christ? Where in Scripture does it say that it's the job of the courthouse to announce our good news of Jesus Christ? That's our job. Why would we want to farm it out to school or government or or stores Why would we want to farm that out to anybody else? Besides, they might botch it up. We need to tell it the right way. It's our story. It's not their story. It's our job, the church's job, not their job. I really like what uh, Rachel Held Evans said about this last year in a blog. She said, you're going to hear a rumor that God has been kicked out of Advent and Christmas. You're going to hear a rumor that God's been kicked out by the established government. She said, but don't believe it. The established government, the empire, tried to keep God out the very first Christmas. But God made it in. And so if God made it in the first Christmas, God can make it in all the other Christmas celebrations. And so, I guess what I'm saying is that the best way to bear witness To the good news of Jesus Christ is to stop whining that the world doesn't do our job for us and just positively witness. You know, there's an old saying that goes, Don't curse the darkness, light a candle. Literally, don't curse the darkness, light a candle. Do we keep Christ at the center? Do we keep Christ at the focus of our celebration? You know, um, we talk a lot about that, but it's our job. It's, it's our calling to do that in every way conceivable. And when I read the words of the Apostle Paul in the 13th chapter of Romans, where he says salvation's nearer than ever before, the night's far gone, discard the clothing of darkness and put on the bright light of Jesus Christ. Don't give yourselves to those things that destroy relationships and destroy Lives Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When I hear that, I'm thinking, do we celebrate Christmas with that much passion and intensity? Do we really celebrate the Advent season? Do we celebrate Jesus with that much intensity and passion? One of the joys I have of being your pastor is that Uh, Every Advent season, I learn something that some of you are doing to keep Christ at the center of Christmas. Uh, It may be an individual, it may be a family, it may be the little Advent calendars and the the children open one window each day with a verse of scripture or a part of the Advent story, and they they grow in anticipation as they open the little windows. It may be the Advent wreath in your home. Uh, Some of you tell me that you, before you open Christmas gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, you always read the, the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. Um, it may be that you have a family tradition of, of doing something for uh, disadvantaged people, uh, doing it anonymous, anonymously as an individual or a family, and that's your Christmas gift. That's your tradition of keeping Christ at the center. There, there are just so many ways, and I always get blessed by hearing those stories about keeping Christ at the center. And I'm proud of you for that. So keep Christ at the center. That's that's the first thing that we would say about letting the world know and see our celebration. And here's the second thing. Live our hope. Live our hope. Not just sing our hope, not just talk about it, but live our hope. Now, Just as there is a difference between partying and celebrating, there's a difference between wishing and hoping. The world does a lot of wishing, but the gospel calls us to hope. You know, wishing is sort of vague. Wishing is sort of squinting your eyes and fantasizing about the impossible and then not really expecting it to come about. For example... I could wish that the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals would play all of their home games next season in Jefferson City. But it's not going to happen. You can wish, but it's not going to happen. But hope is different. Hope is that which is bedrock certain. Hope is that which is dependable based on God's character and reputation based on the resurrection of Jesus, it is that which will definitely come to pass. It's just a little bit of time before delivery is accomplished. It's only a matter of time before that promise is made real. That's hope. And I might pause at this point and ask those of you who are here this morning who are not in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've not confessed Him as Lord and Savior. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping in? What are you building your life upon? And would you be interested in this Advent season stepping into faith, stepping in to a relationship with Jesus Christ to have that kind of assurance and that kind of hope? See, that's an invitation that's always available, but it's especially available during our holy seasons, our holy days of Advent and Lent and the special other days. At this point, I want to read the second text of this morning's uh, message, and that's Isaiah chapter 2, because we're thinking about living the hope. Now, as I read this, and as you see it on the screen, I want you to think about what Isaiah is saying about the difference between what is and what God's vision wants to be. The difference between what is, the distance between what is, and God's vision plan God's vision for the ideal listen to the to the distance between the two the word that isaiah son of amos saw concerning judah and israel in days to come the mountain of the lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills all the nations shall stream to it many peoples shall come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house Of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that he may that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation; neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. A beautiful passage of Scripture, but let me ask you something. We read this every Advent, or an Isaiah passage like it. We read this every Advent, and yet its vision is so far from the reality of this poisoned earth It's not even close. So why do we read it year after year after year when it's so far apart, when they're so far apart? Well, the answer is we read it because in hearing it, we begin to hunger to live it. Remember I said living the hope, not just singing about it? In hearing God's vision for the way the world is supposed to be, We begin to long for that to be true in our lives and in all relationships and in all nations and we begin to step into that hope and we begin to claim it and to to be drawn by it. I read a great story about uh, the writer uh, Shane Claiborne recently. He has a friend who's a welder and Shane Claiborne's friend took an AK-47 and melted it down and with that which was melted down, he, he created a rake and a shovel. What's that, Isaiah? They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. See, that's living into the vision to say that that which has been for destruction can be changed into blessing and production and feeding and caring and loving. Living our hope, not just talking about it or singing it. It's how we keep Christ at the center. I have to tell you a story about a a lady in our church. She well remained nameless. Uh, She recently celebrated a big birthday that ended at zero. Uh, There was an eight in front of it. I wasn't going to tell you her age, and technically I didn't. And for her 80th birthday, she said to her children, I don't want a party. I don't want a reception. I don't want cards. I don't want gifts. I don't want a big go out to dinner feast. She said, I want a work day here at my house. She said, You bring your tools and your work clothes and you show up on the Saturday closest to my birthday. And they said, Okay. And they showed up in their work clothes. And their gloves, and they worked inside and out on a clean up, fix up day. Happy birthday, mom. I wonder what Jesus wants for his birthday. You think he wants a lot of presents, a lot of cards, a lot of songs? I think Jesus wants us to show up to work. I think Jesus wants us to celebrate Him by living our hope, by rolling up our sleeves and making a difference in people's lives, in His name and for His sake. I think Jesus wants us to keep Him at the center and to live our hope. Amen. This morning as we break the bread we remember what Jesus went through broken for us. As we share in the cup, we remember his life blood poured out for us. One of the invitations of this Advent season in keeping Christ at the center of really celebrating Jesus is to never ever separate the cradle and the cross They go together. You can't have a cradle without the cross, and you can't have a cross without the cradle. Jesus Christ came. He lived and he died. And so between this Lord's Supper experience on December 1 and the Lord's Supper experience we will share on December 24 at our candlelight service, what will we do with the time and the influence that we have? How will we be closer to Jesus on Christmas Eve when we take the bread and take the cup than we are now. Let's celebrate Jesus, God's love that is deeper and more profound and more unconditional than we can imagine. God's love, so deep, it it requires genuine celebration. Pray with me, please.